0: This is a story about a pig. Or I guess it's a story that started with a pig. On a Wednesday in June, 1859, on an island off the coast of northwestern Washington, a man shot and killed this pig. And its death brought two of the world's greatest military powers to the brink of war. It's an incredible story, that is made even more incredible by the fact that 100 years after it happened, a group of mannequins were cast in a play about this event. And about 60 years after that, a taxidermied pig claimed to be the original pig ended up in my friend's garage. That is some pig. <laughs> That's something. I have so many questions for you, Mark. That's funny. <laughs> this is Atlas Obscura, I'm Sarah Wyman. The San Juan Island pig stays in the picture after this.
1: If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful
2: day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is
0: time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the
2: Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: Oh, we had a
0: baby who was living in our guest cabin, and um, the baby found it. There have never been this many people in my living room before. Ten of us are here to do a table read of a play. Pete, are you still there? (laughs)
1: I'm here. I'm here.
0: That's Meg and Pete, two of my best friends in Bellingham. Pete's propped up on my desk, beaming in over Zoom because he has COVID. Did you, um, Did you bring up your snacks?
1: Still have a few left.
0: Is everyone ready? Is everybody ready? So Steve, go ahead and start reading the stage notes on page one.
2: On All right. Mm-hmm. Lights up on two chairs. She's pacing. Looking at her
0: work. The play is about a real set of historic events that happened about 25 miles away from where we're all sitting. We're to begin our story. The 49th parallel. This scene takes us to a patch of farmland on San Juan Island back in the summer of 1859. There are Americans and Brits living on this island. Things are tense. Here's the problem. The Americans and the British did agree that the 49th parallel would set an international border between the U.S. and Canada. But they don't agree on where that leaves the San Juan Islands, which are smack dab in the middle of a strait between the two countries. And that brings us back to that little patch of farmland. There's that pig happily chewing on a raw potato. The pig is British. The potato belongs to an American farmer. The wind blows through dry grass and tickles the tops of pine trees. And then... Lyman Cutler shot the pig. Henrietta! That's me in the role of grief-stricken British pig owner. And here is the American farmer reporting the pig's offense to the authorities.
2: A British board dug up and ate my potatoes.
1: And do you remember the date of this insult upon your honor? I remember, June 15, 1859. I must you, gentlemen.
0: This dead pig genuinely almost started a war between the United States and Great Britain involving thousands of soldiers, warships, military occupation. Now, I'm not from Washington. Before moving here, I had never heard of this story. In fact, before today, I didn't even know most of the people sitting in my living room. On July 26th, 60 men relocate from Fort Bellingham to San Juan
1: Island.
0: All of this started a few months ago. I was going to visit San Juan Island just for fun over the summer. And Meg and Pete were like, oh yeah, have you heard about the pig war? They told me the story all the way up to the pig carcass laying slain in the potato patch. And then they said, you know, our friend Mark has the pig in his garage. I was like, the pig? And they said, well, let Mark tell the story. So Meg and I went to Mark's garage. That is some pig. <laughs> that's something. I have so many questions for you, Mark. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> Um, Can you help me describe what it looks like?
1: Well, it's black. It looks like the taxidermist kind of painted the paws white, but that's what they look like. And it's got little tiny—what um, do you call them? Tusks, boar tusks.
0: I need you to understand just how big this pig was. Its head alone was the size of my torso
1: and it's very broad shouldered and it looks kind of looks muscular doesn't it looks like it a does. big a big chunk of muscle looking for a fight
0: if i saw this pig in my potato patch i would run i mean i'm 57 i think if i laid down on the ground <laughs> oh yeah you're way shorter than that yeah way shorter yeah you're not as i don't know a lot about taxidermy but this pig is just beautifully taxidermied this is me hitting it's, the it's, side of it
1: yeah it, we say stuffed it's actually fiberglass and it's fairly light and then you just skin the animal and glue it on fiberglass
0: oh wow uh, so. it's
1: astonishing
0: and they, yeah. it has very good eyes it does have very good eyes <laughs> thoughtful eyes I mean, yeah. the taxidermist is really great on i the think snow. it's
1: really a piece of art there's people have told me that this is actually worth a substantial amount of money I learned
0: that Mark has only been keeper of the pig for four or five years. Before that, it was on San Juan Island. Every once in a while, it got wheeled out for a parade, but it spent most of the year locked away in storage. And a few years ago, Mark made the trip to take the pig out of storage and bring it to the mainland. He loaded this massive pig into the bed of his truck, drove it through town, and parked in the ferry line.
1: And I was looking at the crowd gathering around my truck with their cameras, take pictures and pose with the pig because the pig is leaving the island. It was too funny. It was hilarious.
0: Eventually, Mark got on the ferry. He settled in for the long ride home. And right there in the rearview mirror was the back of the pig.
1: And so. I know way too much about the sphincter of this pig. <laughs> Um, It was jammed against the glass in my truck for about three hours. (laughs) And every time I looked in the rearview mirror, I got... uh, (laughs) A little
0: surprise. (laughs) A little
1: surprise.
0: If you, like me, are skeptical that moments after this pig was murdered in 1859, someone had the foresight to be like, you know what, this pig is going to be historically important. We'd better get it taxidermied ASAP. Oh, yeah. Meg and Pete were off on some of the details. Mark confirmed that this was not the San Juan Island pig. And he knew that. He knew that from day one when he went to pick up the pig. But the reason he wanted this pig, the reason he went to San Juan Island to get it, is because the pig is attached to another local legend. A woman... Named Amelia Bave.
2: This is the original um, script for w- what was called the San Juan Saga. Oh,
0: wow. This is Steve Lyons. So is Steve is, name a name is a playwright. <laughs> it looks dense.
2: Um, yes. <laughs>
0: the play we're looking at is more of a book, it reads like a Wikipedia article about the Pig War, and it was written by Amelia Bave. Around 1958, so almost 100 years after the Pig War, Amelia Bave moved to San Juan Island with her husband and kids. She was in her late 40s. The community on the island was small, and Mrs. Bave immediately made an impression. She had a huge personality. She was the kind of person you did not want to run into at the supermarket if you were in a hurry.
2: She would just talk people to hear her off.
0: If Mrs. Babe was late for the ferry, she would lean on her horn until the boat turned around and came back for her and her family.
2: She would be the projectionist for the uh, movie theater. When there would be a part where there was kissing, suddenly the screen would go black because she would put her hand in front of the lens. And apparently people in the audience would go,
0: Mrs. Babe! Steve knows her daughter, and he told me that Mrs. Babe wasn't always an easy person to have as your mom. She was bipolar, and she could get hyperfixated on her projects. And if there is one thing everyone on San Juan Island knew about Mrs. Babe, it is that she was always on the hunt for a good project.
2: So on the centennial of the Pig War, the Chamber of Commerce wanted to present history of the Pig War. Uh, and she had been teaching acting classes, so they asked her to do it.
0: The final product was two hours long. Community members, including most of her family, and a live pig played all of the characters.
2: And then the following year, uh, she wanted to do it again, so she tried to get people to get involved. And absolutely no one on San Juan Island wanted to be in her play again.
0: <laughs> Poor Mrs. B. And if
2: you read this play, you would understand why. But she was undaunted. And so she eventually basically hired a bunch of mannequins to be in her play.
0: Mrs. Babe put the mannequins on wheels. She dressed them up on a budget, turning feathers and dog hair into wigs. Carpet remnants became sideburns. And then she put on a one-woman show, moving around the stage and redressing the mannequins in real time as needed to cover all of the parts.
2: She was undaunted for anybody in the arts. The arts is all about basically getting rejected constantly, whatever field you're in. And uh, she wasn't going to be rejected. And if nobody wanted to be in her play, fine, she was higher at mannequins.
0: But there was also the small matter of the pig. The live pig only starred in the very first production. And pig mannequins are hard to come by. So to start out, Mrs. Babe sewed a child-sized pig costume. Rumor has it there was a lot of chicken wire in there.
2: And she would stand on the corner outside this drugstore and look for kids who might be appropriate. And she would like tell the parents, I really need your kid to be in this place.
0: Eventually, she also opened a museum where she installed the mannequins in front of backdrops she'd painted herself on some wooden coffin boxes she'd gotten from a local mortuary. So that's when she made a little trip to the mainland and picked out a 300-pound boar at the county fair. And that is how the long history of the pig war sustained its second porcine casualty. The pig was taxidermied beautifully, brought back to the island, and installed in the museum. So to recap... In 1859, an American shot a British pig and brought two of the world's biggest military powers to the brink of war. A hundred years later, a local woman with a penchant for crafts and an absolute refusal to hear the word no put on a play about that pig with her own army of mannequins. She got a massive pig taxidermied to sit in a museum about the pig war, and eventually that pig went into storage. And that is where it waited for almost 60 years, until 2017, when Mark Kuntz drove off of San Juan Island with its sphincter in his rearview mirror. Because, are you ready? There's a second play.
2: Mrs. Bay presents The Big War, the almost true story of a play that nearly happened about a war that never occurred by Steve Lyons.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Steve Lyons is in my living room with nine other people to do a reading of his play. He wrote it. Mark Kuntz directed it. Oh, and you both passed the audition? And this play honors two layers of San Juan Island history, two local legends. Because it isn't just about the pig war. It's about Amelia Babe bringing the pig war to life. But who's going to be in the play with us? Why, General Douglas and General Harney. Those are not real people. Those are mannequins. Meg brought a hand-drawn, three-foot-tall cutout of the pig. And she played the role of Mrs. Babe.
1: Well, normally we would have
0: actors, but in this play... And the rest of us played her mannequins, which was fun, because Steve had written these really amazing scenes where the mannequins get to step forwards downstage and talk about their lives as mannequins.
2: New York City is home for me. Really? Macy's.
0: Oh. 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 I don't
2: believe it. What department? men's <laughs>
0: But we also had roles in the play within the play, which is how I learned what happened after that pig was shot on that fateful day in 1859. Henrietta! The Americans had been looking for an excuse to shore up their presence on the island. A British pig ate an American farmer's potato? That'll work. So the U.S. sent in an infantry of 64 soldiers and they posted a proclamation. This being the United States territory, no laws other than those of the United States will be recognized or allowed on this island. The British were not chuffed. This means war. And soon there are British warships off the coast of the small island with a few thousand naval soldiers aboard. So the Americans mustered up some cannons and an additional 400 soldiers. All right. Bring it on down behind me, boys. One, two, three, four. My living room can barely hold the 10 of us, let alone warships and all of these soldiers. So all the tension is represented by my friend Tyler doing a symbolic jig in the middle of the room. But both sides were under strict orders to not fight until they got an official go ahead. A letter was sent across the continent to President Buchanan and when it landed on his desk. What the f- <laughs>
2: Mr. President, please, this is a family show. I was not
0: prepared to. Side note, to my friend Dan absolutely nailed President Buchanan, who ultimately said, there's no way we're going to war with Britain over a pig. He sent one of his best generals to defuse the crisis. And it worked. Both sides stood down. They agreed to let some neutral arbiters decide who would get the island. And in 1871, after 12 years of peaceful joint occupation, a decision was made. San Juan Island officially became part of the United States of America. The British politely packed up their gear and left. Well, we are British after all. The pig war thus concluded without a single casualty. (laughs) Henrietta! Except for the pig. I presented the San Juan saga using my wonderful... As for the story of Mrs. Babe... She, along with her troupe of mannequins, kept performing her play. From 1965 until 1985, 20 years, 20 years. When she took her last bow in August 1985, Mrs. Babe was well into her 70s. She died in 2008 at the age of 97. The year after she died, the Washington state legislature named a small island after her, and Mrs. Babe's memory was alive and well in 2017, when Steve and Mark staged their play. The taxidermied pig was a member of the original cast.
2: There was probably a dozen people in the audience who, as kids, had been shanghaied into putting on that that <laughs> chicken wire, very uncomfortable pig costume, and they they had been the, the pig.
0: Steve, that's incredible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Out.
0: The play also acknowledges the more complicated parts of Mrs. Bave's life, including her bipolar disorder. Steve shared drafts with her daughter Marsha
2: and I said, "No, if you want, I can I can delete that part where I talk about her her, her mental health issues." And she said, "No, it's beautifully done and and uh, you know, it's true and keep it in there."
0: Created the San Juan saga. I would have never have met Captain By the time we reached the last pages of Mark and Steve's play, all of us in my living room were feeling very attached to Mrs. Babe. The play really does capture her creativity, her, well, stubbornness, and also her sense of humor. It was funny getting to pretend to be her mannequins, pretending to be historical figures. And that's why it sort of floored me. When we got to the end of the play, Mrs. Babe's final monologue, and Meg choked up a little bit while reading it. If we learn
2: anything for the big war, it is that single lives matter.
0: When Meg's voice broke, we all sort of froze. Guys, this is a pretty light play. None of us were expecting this. But then we all caught a little bit of what she was feeling. I can't speak for everyone else in the room, but Meg's emotion made me emotional. It took me to a deeper place. I felt this sudden surge of gratefulness run through me. For Meg, for Pete, for Mark and Steve, and for all these people who'd shown up in my living room to read a play about the death of a pig and about the life of a local artist. Not to be all the real pig war was the friends we made along the way. But yeah, it's kind of true.
1: So what have we learned from the pig war? Maybe before two nations go to war, perhaps they should have tea together.
0: Maybe they should admire each other. Maybe they should pray together. Maybe each side should
2: vow to not fire the first shot. Who knows? Next time, even do life for the baby's <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, so
0: oh. Huge thanks to Meg and Pete Tryon Hayes, Mark Kuntz, and Steve Lyons for all of their help with this story. And if you're interested in learning more about Steve's play or staging a production, we've put a link in the show notes where you can get in touch. It's a lot of fun. I think it would be great in a high school. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited, sound designed, and mixed by
2: John DeLore.
0: The cast of the play included Stevie Hutz,
2: Gary McGee,
0: Sarah Campbell, Tyler Hamke, Sarah McGee,
2: Dan O'Neill, Steve Lyons, Pete Tryon,
0: Meg Hayes, Mrs. Babe. Woo. Our production team includes
1: Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka,
0: Camille Stanley,
1: Willis Ryder Arnold,
0: Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer,
2: Manolo Morales, Baudelaire,
0: Gabby Gladney, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson. Hey, Dan, your accent was great. Damn, that yeah, that was phenomenal. You were performing. I'm
2: just going to go.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
0: Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.